1: The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to Economist.com and get your first month free.
0: Let's speak with our good friend Brian Peckford, the former Premier, Progressive Conservative Premier for the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. As the province readies itself for the election 11 days from now, Brian Medore from VOCM Radio in St. John's. Uh, Brian Peckford saying it looks like it's going to be a liberal majority, or Mr. Mador is surprised if it doesn't turn out that way. What do you say?
1: Uh, I wouldn't be that sure. Um, uh, what Mr. Madore said is true, that traditionally in uh, Newfoundland, they, they usually give the party uh, more than one uh, <clears throat> term in government. Uh, it's a bit unusual this time. <clears throat> you have um, a very large hydro project, as Mr. Medore mentioned, which is in, deep trouble and should never have been approved and yes he is completely right that it was the conservatives who announced this uh, danny williams at the time who was then the premier and other subsequent conservative premiers supported it but so does the existing liberal premier and he continued with the project when it was crystal clear that it should have been cancelled so all <laughs> a pox on all your houses Uh, As Mr. Bedore said, the NDP have collapsed. There's a small uh, party called the Newfoundland Alliance, which is sort of a party or a movement, which have a number of um, candidates running. I think they have nine. The NDP only have 13. Uh, The Conservatives have 39 out of 40 ridings with candidates, and the Liberals have 40 candidates for the...
0: Let me ask ask you this, uh, Premier Peckford. In the overall picture, in the overall Canadian picture, particularly now, in uh, May of 2019, I almost said 16. In, the May, in May of 2019, because I was thinking about when I returned to Ontario from Quebec. Uh, in, in May of 2019, six months away, just under six months away from the federal election, and with the provincial elections that we've been seeing over the last year, this is going to be the last one before the federal election. How significantly important do you think what happens in Newfoundland and Labrador on the 16th of May is going to be to the overall picture, to the national picture?
1: Well, I think it will have some uh, some um, effect, as will the PEI, as will New Brunswick, as will Alberta, as will Ontario, where there's been, you know, as you've already indicated, <clears throat> a, a, a blue wave. And I suspect in Newfoundland you will see, uh, if the Conservatives don't win, an improvement in their position, and a, a not an improvement, but a a reduction in the position of the, of the Liberal Party. But do you, but Finland, you think,
0: so. do, you think it, do you think? the Newfoundland election is going to have an impact on the federal election?
1: Yes, I think so. I think it will, on, especially in the Atlantic provinces, because no. uh, most of the people in the Atlantic provinces follow their neighboring province fairly closely. So, yes, I, I think it will, as will the PEI in New Brunswick elections earlier on.
0: Okay, so a New Brunswick went conservative, progressive conservative, minority government, Uh, PEI went progressive conservative. uh, At least they have the. uh, They would be there. I don't know. Have they decided what they're going to do there? No, uh,
1: it's still sort of up in the air. It's still up Uh, in the air. The conservatives want to face the legislature, uh, introduce their things, and let the other two parties decide whether they want to support them or not.
0: Okay, so. but But the progressive conservatives at this point would be a minority government. Yes, but they in, have the majority Prince, of seats,
1: you know, more seats than the other two parties. Yeah,
0: in PEI. Okay. So now in 2015, all four Atlantic provinces went solidly liberal. All 30 seats exactly. went to the liberals. Um, so so this time you have PEI and New Brunswick voters shifting away from the liberals. You had the PEI liberal party telling Justin Trudeau, don't come here to to, to, to campaign with us because you're only going to make it worse. Um w- Will that, the, I guess I'm asking, which way is the wind blowing on October the 21st? You say that the Atlantic provinces one will play off the other, but which way is the wind going to blow on the 21st of October, red I or blue? I don't think
1: there's any question, looking at it at this present moment and seeing the numbers and the evidence, that it will blow more towards the Conservative Party of Canada than it will the Liberal Party of Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question about that. And it's not like, you know, like the Conservatives of PEI or of New Brunswick who have won uh, you know, that, that's not going to go away. These these decisions are made quite quite seriously by the voters, and I think it will have an impact. As it relates to Nova Scotia, which is still significantly liberal, one has to also recognize that the premier of Nova Scotia is is far more like a progressive conservative than he is a liberal. Uh, which is his, which is also
0: the case in British Columbia. The liberal party there is more conservative than
1: exactly. it is. Exactly, and so, uh, you know... Uh, when one considers that, I don't think there's any question that the answer to your question, briefly and succinctly put, is: there seems to me that there is a significant movement towards away from the Liberal Party and towards the only viable party that can make the former government, the Conservative Party.
0: Premier Packford, I'd wish, uh, I'd like it if you could stay with us a little bit longer because what I want to talk to you about is this issue of divisiveness in yes, Canada. Yes, I want
1: to talk about it too.
0: It's very important, and you were you were a a, a key player. And so many of the issues that faced Canada in the 70s and the 80s, and uh, particularly in the 80s, the repatriation of the Constitution, the Charter of Rights, the Quebec referendum uh, or the Quebec separatist movement. You dealt with Pierre Trudeau. You were a key player and uh, in, 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 in so many federal and provincial goings on. What's happening to us now in 2019 in this country is very could very well be a watershed moment, and it's something that we have to pay very close attention to. So I look forward to just hold on, please, Premier. I'm going to come back and talk to you. Let me play a couple of things for you, then we'll go back to Brian Peckford, the former Premier of uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. Blaine Higgs, the Premier of New Brunswick, was on the air with uh, Scott Moa, the Premier of Saskatchewan, and they were talking about national unity and uh, divisiveness in in this country. And uh, Premier Higgs had just recently attended his first First Minister's Conference. Here's what he had to say.
1: It it makes you wonder if if, if Canada is a nation or an ocean.
0: You think about that. That was quick and to the point. Makes you wonder if Canada is a nation or an ocean. And that's the... Uh, divisiveness that he encountered in that first minister's conference, and then yesterday I spoke with the premier of Saskatchewan. And uh, the genesis for the conversation was the Saskatchewan Court of Appeal decision about the carbon tax. And at the end of the uh, the end of the conversation with Premier Moe, I just brought up briefly the issue of divisiveness. Here's what he said: If I could, Roy, one comment on on the divisiveness. Um, we have put not we have not put uh, you know new policies forward. The carbon tax, uh, Bill C sixty nine, Bill C forty eight, all policies, ideological policies, with poor environmental outcomes, massive economic uh, negative mess- economic outcomes uh, possible by those policies that have been put forward by the federal government. There's provinces that have and industries that are indicating what this impact will actually uh, be in a ne- negatively to to ultimately. Uh, people that are working in these industries, that live in the communities that I represent, and others. Um, this is the; these are the divisive policies that have been put forward. What you are seeing is rallies across the nation. Uh, people that are defending uh, their livelihood. So there is uh, Premier Mo yesterday, and he really wanted to talk about the divisiveness issue. Back to uh, former Newfoundland and Labrador Premier Brian Peckford. So Premier Peckford. Here we have it. We uh, have Jason Kenney, the premier of Alberta, declaring C sixty nine, the no pipelines bill, as he calls it. If passed unchanged, becomes an issue of national unity. Uh, it, it just it just continues this 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 whole issue of unhappiness um, is like the snowball that starts at the top of the hill, and by the time it gets to the bottom, it's doing a lot of damage. How do you assess all of this?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right to highlight uh, that this concept and uh, it has exacerbated under uh, the present prime minister. There seems to be, uh, both with this present prime minister and when his father was in power and when I was in power in Newfoundland, this uh, overriding notion of unilateralism as being an appropriate policy for Canada. Uh, If you remember, uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau tried to push Uh, the the national energy uh, program on the western provinces. It ultimately failed, but in the meantime, it did a lot of political and psychological damage to the country. Uh, His son now is initiating a number of legislative actions that have the same kind of impact upon various parts of the nation. There seems to be a lack of understanding of our geography, and the nature of our Constitution, which is a federal state, not a unitary state, and that somehow the federal government can initiate all of this. If anybody's got the time and they read the two judges who opposed the the majority in the Saskatchewan decision, you will get the same thing that I'm saying now. These judges are saying there's an obligation upon the federal government to negotiate with the provinces, not to unilaterally impose things on the provinces. That's the nature of our country since 1867. And some prime ministers, this one and his father, were hell-bent on imposing things rather than sitting down and negotiating things, because the economy of Saskatchewan is quite different than the economy of PEI or Nova Scotia. And so this is not fully recognized. I'm just reading a few minutes ago on the the, the, the um, internet the the professor of Cal- in the University of Calgary, Barry Cooper, mm-hmm. who does an interview with a Sun columnist, and he talks about how uh, the Canadian federal government and a lot of people in central and eastern Canada don't seem to understand the West, and that they view the West as a psychological problem.
0: Yeah, and he spoke with Mercedes Stevenson in the Global News as well, and that was... uh, Yes. was They don't
1: seem to understand that there are real people in Saskatchewan who are hurting. There are real people in Alberta who are hurting because the nature of their economies is different than where they are in Ottawa. John Iverson in the National Post in the last 24, 48 hours wrote an article talking more about how the premier Kennedy was fanning the flames of anger in Alberta as if there isn't really a real anger in Alberta is somebody like the premier of Alberta who's really creating this anger fanning it and so on all premier Kennedy do is really doing if people will listen is he is reflecting what he saw in his recent election I got By that but way, let me let me ask
0: you this, let me ask you this with all of the talk that's going on, with all of the and, and it builds on itself. I see it on Twitter. Uh, one one statement, one question, one word, can create a, a, a not a yeah. maelstrom, but it can create a, a days of of, uh, of of growth of of just this nucleus of an idea. How much of what's going on politically now? What? How much of what's being said is legitimate argument, and how much of it is pre-election bluster?
1: I think a lot of this legitimate argument. I mean, this, this, this is my point. M- you know, Premier Kennedy got elected because he was reflecting the views of uh, the majority of Albertans. In right. the same way, as Premier Moe in Saskatchewan. Right. And, and in New Brunswick. And, and, and I think uh, uh, Canadian policymakers in the federal government would do well to listen more carefully to the, to the views of these regions right now. Sure, there is a political element. But at core, it is not politics, it is economics, and it is the feeling that they are being ignored by the central government.
0: So when you look at 2019 and what's going on now, and you look at what happened in the 1980s, when you were the premier of Newfoundland and Labrador, and you were dealing with Pierre Trudeau and the Constitution and the Charter of Rights, and we've talked about... The negotiations that were going on, and who was making yep. deals with whom at that time, and you were you were heavily involved in, 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 in trying to sort out that mess. Do you see a parallel? And then there was the Quebec separation, was the big deal, big story, uh, and we remember Pierre Trudeau, you know, yelling "Vote et non." Anyhow, is there a is there a is there a parallel between today and then?
1: Yes. Primarily because we have the name of Mr. Well, never mind, never mind the Trudeau, the Trudeau name. But Prime is that Minister of Canada? Yeah,
0: I know that. But is there is there an emotional parallel?
1: Well, there is a parallel in the sense that there's yes, there, there are many people in this country because of the actions of the Canadian federal government who feel left out and feel that somebody really doesn't understand that or their care. economy is different than the economy of other provinces, and therefore, in formulating federal policy. One needs to sit down with the provinces and negotiate their particular unique circumstance. And it's Premier... not that they won't do something that the federal government wants done, but they want to do it in the Saskatchewan way or the Alberta way or the New Brunswick way, not the federal government now, way.
0: And Premier Peckford, we currently have a federal government, and this has probably happened before, but it's more evident now we have a government that plays favorites.
1: No question about that.
0: They play favorites.
1: There, there's no question about that, and we, we see that happening all the time. But, you know, when, when you also have, you know, what's happening in the country as it relates to the divisiveness within the federal liberal government itself, uh, with the Attorney General and the President of the Treasury Board having to leave the party that they believed was the right party for Canada yeah. because of more unilateral uh, approaches to governance, you can see that it... It not only exists in the regions of Canada; that it exists within. The all you have parties. to
0: do, all you have to do to generate uh, discussion in this country, is say three words: Jody Wilson-Raybould. Exactly. All you have to say, and yeah. it's off, and it's off, and it's off to the races, and whatever you were talking about before, whether the Raptors are going to beat the Sixers, whether. I, I, You know, it, it, it all gets shoved to the side because people get engaged and they have opinions and they want those opinions heard. Exactly. And here we are. Premier Peckford, it's always great speaking with you. Peckford 42 at word... No, peckford42.wordpress.com is where you'll find Premier Peckford's blog. It's really outstanding stuff. I always enjoy reading it. Thanks so much for the time, Premier. Thank you very much and have a great day. You too, sir. If you want to hear more...